Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Tony will have a conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the newest, hottest, and best trends from all walks of life. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. Now, you're an entrepreneur and you're a business person, and you took chances to get to where you are so far. But perhaps, like most of us, you feel you need to step out there a little bit more. You know, you spent your time and money working out on your product or perhaps helping someone else work out their product. And now you want to take it to another level or just take your product to the market. And the key point here is that you got there by taking chances, I think. And maybe you need to take more. So the question to you is, how well do you know your blind spots? How well do you reach out? Do you have regrets wishing you did this or that? You know, we're all here learning and none of us are perfect. But how can we learn fast enough to make a difference and grow our success? And I'm getting somewhere with this. You know, guys, before podcasting, I never spoke on radio before. I didn't know any successful entrepreneur to interview. I probably should have gone into making Sicilian pizza with all the years I have in fast food. But you know, I felt podcasting was the road I wanted to travel on. I wanted to bring successful entrepreneurs to you and to me. Well, seven years later and over 35 million listens, and it seems I got a few things right compared to the zillion mistakes I made along the way. You know, there's a basic quality that you need, and we're going to teach some of that to you now. We're going to discuss unleashing your boldness with Fred Joyle. And later on in this episode, we have an insider's brief about understanding and effectively connecting with people to sell and lead better. And we're going to help you hone your negotiation abilities. Stay tuned for that. You need to hear this. And please listen for news from our sponsors. Shopify has a special offer for you. It's the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. This show is available because of them. So please take note and hear what they have to say. That's Shopify with a special offer for you. And Payblocks also has a big offer for you. They're giving away $1,000 to 10 small businesses to help you grow. I'm going to tell you how to enter for this free giveaway with a special code to use. Please take note and hear what they have to say. That's Payblocks with a special offer just for you later on in this episode. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get really successful, super successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. And we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Meet Fred Joyle. Perhaps you've heard of him. Well, perhaps you've heard of the phone number 1-800-DENTIST. I know I have. Fred is the co-founder that helped turn that phone number into perhaps the most recognized phone number ever and turn it into the largest dental referral service in the country. And he wrote the best-selling books, Everything is Marketing and Becoming Remarkable. And his third book, Super Bold, is what we're going to discuss right now. Hi, Fred. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Thank you, Tony. I'm excited to be here and and talk about boldness and talk to these entrepreneurs at whatever level they're at, because I remember it well, and I'm, I'm doing it again myself. Well, the honor is mine to have you on the show, and I'm looking forward, as well as our entrepreneurs in the audience, we want to unleash our boldness. So the question, let's start it from the beginning here. We're talking about boldness and being successful. Fred, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? You know, I was a very shy person growing up, uh, very introverted, and I missed all sorts of opportunities. I missed job opportunities. I missed girlfriend opportunities. I missed fun. I missed friends. And it angered me that I couldn't harness this, what I now know is a superpower, that boldness is a superpower. And I thought people were born this way. I had a couple of friends who were just, they were naturally bold. And, and I couldn't figure out how they got that way. But then I, I gradually realized that I could learn it, that I could develop my boldness muscle. And it took me a long time uh, to do it. And it, but what happens is 
there's a feedback loop that comes from being bold and taking chances and and venturing into your comfort zone. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you early on listeners there's a the big secret that I learned. I'll right out of the gate so you don't have to go 40 minutes into the into the podcast to hear it. Most people think you have to be confident so that you can be bold. The reality is acting boldly is what builds your confidence. If you are not confident and you take action anyway, what happens is you your confidence builds because stuff goes right. What what bold people know is that most of the time when you try stuff, when you push yourself out, really wonderful, unexpected things happen and doors swing open and people don't stop you. And that's and I I've I've figured out as I was examining boldness, that I was the primary one stopping me. It wasn't somebody else. It was the the crap playing in my head going, oh, you're going to be, it's, it, people are going to laugh at you. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to fail. Uh, it's, it's not going to work. It, you know, people are going to think less of you, whatever. You're going to feel terrible. I, I had it all playing. You can, I'm sure you've heard the tapes in your head. And bold people hear that stuff. They just don't listen. They act anyway. They go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going, to, I'm going to walk into a room. I don't know anybody here. I'm going to start introducing myself. And you know what? Before you know it, everybody in the room goes, have you met this guy? He's really interesting. And, and, and it's because he's generally or she's genuinely interested in just meeting the people and finding out who they are. Not about connecting and networking and getting clients. He's just like curious. And when you're bold enough to, to not have an agenda, and I'm, I'm covering all sorts of interesting ideas here, but that's one of the most powerful things you can do when you want to just meet people is to not have an agenda, to just say, I, I'd like to get to know who they are and, and see what they're passionate about, what excites them, what, what, where, they, where they spend their time, where, what holds them back. And that's, that's where I spend a lot of my time is, is doing exactly that with, with people that I meet. But what I learned to do over time is build my boldness muscle. And when I got into the advertising world is when I really realized it, because I felt like I am in my tribe. I have found my people here because I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And I was too timid to take a lot of chances. But once I get into advertising, I said, no, no, I got to make this work because I love this. I, so I am going to be bold all the time. I'm going to be bold pitching to clients. I'm going to be bold with my ideas. And then I get bold enough to start my own business, which with no business experience whatsoever. Pardon my, you know, I had a good friend for a partner and we just said, look, we want to work for ourselves and let's take a shot. We're, we're young and naive enough to think we can pull it off. Let's just go. Let's just do it. And it was just making bold moves. Like, I'm going to try doing this commercial. I'm going to go door to door finding dentists to join this thing. Because we, we beat the streets for six months before we found 18 guys who would go along with this crazy idea back in 1986. So, and, and we built it up to a business that was doing $45 million a year. And it did it steadily for, you know, until about seven or eight years ago. So that's, that's the, the long, short story. This is very fascinating. And I love the stuff on the boldness and the confidence. And I'm going to dive more into that. This is such a great, juicy subject. And I want to just kind of go uh, drill down a little bit more on the vision. Here you are. You're in advertising. You're marketing. You know things, right? You know enough to be dangerous, I'm sure. And you decide, hey, I'm going to go in this business. I want to do this as a business. And you went from the 1-800-DENTIST, and then you went on to establishing a video testimonial platform for the healthcare industry. What made you go into that as a business as opposed to anything else? I, I want to see about um, perhaps a spark of the vision. Hey, I could be successful at this or however that worked out. You know, it's one of those things where somebody throws you almost a casual idea. And it was the phone number. It was the 800 dentist phone number. A friend of mine had it. He got it when 800 numbers came out. He had it ringing to his house. And he watched me come up in advertising. He says, do you think you could turn this into a business? You know, 
get do some advertising with it. Uh, and, and it was like, that was the entirety of his idea. <laughs> it was like, uh, well, let me think about it a little bit. And then, and then Gary, my partner, he was a stockbroker and he was just, he was really tired of losing money for people. <laughs> he just said, well, I'm losing my soul here. He said, let's, let's do this. So it was part of it was his encouragement, knowing he was a great salesperson. He was somebody I trusted completely. And uh, we just said, what's the worst that can happen? We'll, we fail, and we're, we're, but we, we took a shot because um, we were like, the terror is middle class for us. Like I could be, I could have tried and failed and be poor. And I got my library card and my bicycle and, and I'll go to the beach a lot, or I could be really successful and, and chase a dream of owning our own business. And so it was that we knew about advertising. We knew selling. We knew that we had bad bosses and it made us bad employees. And we had good bosses that we learned from. And so we said, look, we want a place where we want to go to work every day. The only way we're going to find that is if we create it. And that became the guiding principle of the business. We want the customers to win. We want us to win. We want the employees to win. That trifecta had to work for us to show up every day or we weren't going to do it. Because he was already, you know, I had done sales businesses where the customer did not win. And, and he, he was a stockbroker and felt the same way. And we said, we're not doing that. We don't care. We're not sacrificing integrity for money. Um, and we want to be profitable, but that's always going to be tertiary. And so we, long before people talked about core values, Gary and I had our core values. Great place to go to work every day for us and everybody else, number one. Number two, everybody wins. Number three, be profitable. And unlike many entrepreneurs who eventually start making more and more money and they become robber barons, where the money becomes the most important thing and integrity and culture and all of those things disappear, we hung on to it for almost 30 years as, as the, in the business model. And when I retired, we had sold the business and I stayed on for a couple of years. When I retired, we celebrated the, my last month, three 25-year employees. We celebrate uh, employees every month at you know, birthdays and anniversaries. Three people that month had given me their entire adult life. And, and, and that's what Gary and I were constantly expressing our appreciation for the life that they gave us. We never lost sight of why we were wealthy and successful. It was because of, it wasn't us. We, we created the fertile ground, but they fought for that culture every day. They defended that culture. We could only say, this is what we want, but they had to do it. This is the Tony D'Arso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, unleashing your boldness with Fred Joyle. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, think of your favorite entrepreneur. They wouldn't be anywhere without trusted partners. Now, if your commerce platform is scaring away potential customers instead of converting them into lifelong fans, you got to try Shopify. There's a few things to tell you about them. First of all, Shopify is the commerce platform that's revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. They put you in charge of every sales channel. So even if you're pushing paper pads or monetizing marketing masterclasses, you're covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. And what I love about Shopify, besides the fact that just about everybody I mentioned them to has already heard of them, well, no matter how big you want to grow, they give you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. It's all about getting to the next level, isn't it? Man, I hear so many raves about Shopify. I think it's time for you to sign up if not already done. 
and they power 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and it's a global force powering companies such as Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size over the whole world. That's like over 170 countries. And their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. I mean, they got you covered. And that's a possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Tony, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Tony to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Tony. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Unleashing Your Boldness with Fred Joyle. And just a quick note that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. If you like this show, please go to Apple Podcasts, hit that follow button, and drop a cool review. Look up the Tony D'Urso Show and give a kind one. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the chat with Fred. Fred, you touched upon it a little bit, and I'd love to find out why do you do it? What was the purpose behind doing it as opposed to anything else? You mentioned that you wanted to have the customer win as well as be profitable. Was that it? Or was there anything else, you know, deeper in your success and, and why you did it? Well, the other thing that happened that, that was, you know, like there's little components that trigger everything. I had what you, we would now call a holistic dentist myself. And nobody even knew what that kind of stuff was. But he he took all the, the mercury fillings out of my mouth in 1984. He said, like, you got to get this toxin out of your body. I had never even heard of the idea. And because of it, I, I still have all my teeth. I'm, I'm you know, I have I've tested my blood for mercury and I had it in it. And I've I've cleaned it out. But the the trigger was how the hell would anybody find this guy? And, and, you know, because I found them randomly. Um, and so I thought there's a, and, and so what happened is we just said, let's try it. Let's get some doctors who, who would like to attract patients. And uh, we created some radio ads, set up a phone. We had to invent every aspect of the business. We didn't, we didn't know how to, the call center was going to be, uh, and we didn't know how to run a call center. We, you know, we had to write the software that, that ran what was eventually going to be our whole database and our searching database and our mapping database. Uh, we didn't know any of this stuff. Um, and we, we just ran the advertising and, uh, and we got 50 phone calls on the first day. And we had just started in L.A. with some radio ads. And it was it was the holy shit moment. Like, wow, this could actually work. And of course, then you then you just keep pumping all your money back in. We spent every penny that we brought in to get more advertising, get on the air, get on the air. And we were always, you know, our sales were just staying ahead of it. And it was two and a half years of, I wonder if this will ever make money. And taking virtually, you know, taking our rent money and our food money out of the company and that was it. And then all of a sudden, it flipped and started to become profitable and then steadily profitable and just kept growing and and the the profit margin the contribution margin didn't change we were always about 12 13 14% profitable but we got bigger um and and we just we just had a terrific organization uh and and so it was like the the rewards came gradually we had no idea it would be this big and and this successful we were like it, wouldn't it be great to make $100,000 a year? That would be awesome. Uh, and now we laugh and say, wouldn't it be great if you could live on 100 grand a year? <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, We're talking about unleashing your boldness with Fred Joyle. And you can find him at fredjoyle.com. That's F-R-E-D-J-O-Y-A-L.com. 
Fred, let's kind of drill down into your vision path where, again, business owners, we're entrepreneurs, help us learn. And I'm flipping through your book that's titled Super Bold. And I'm going to ask a strange question. Maybe, maybe not. Why boldness? I think what happened uh, is because I developed it for myself and I learned it and I figured out gradually, slowly how to learn it, how to emulate bold people and see why it worked and slowly build that feedback loop of being rewarded for my boldness over and over and over again till uh, I reached a point where I said, like, this, this is my new you know, operating system basically is I am, I am going to take bold action. Uh, and it's, and because of it, I, I stopped. And, and what I did is I mined my regrets, like those moments that I, I wish I had said this. I wish I had tried that. I wish I had talked to that person. I wish I had met that person. I wish I had tried that. And by the way, when they ask people on their deathbed, what their regrets are, the only regrets they have are the things they didn't do, the things they didn't say, the things they didn't try, the stuff they screwed up, failed at, they didn't care at all. It was like insignificant. It was all the, the very personal things. I wish I had fixed my relationship with my brother. You know, I wish I had quit my job and started that business. That's what they say uniformly in not wanting to stack up my regrets. I realized that I was helping my people to do the same thing in my company. And then a friend of mine asked me, uh, he, was, he was teaching a class for high school kids, uh, teaching them life skills. And it was a, a three-day workshop um, where he was teaching them how to manage their time, their money, their relationships, and have goals for themselves. And he brought a bunch of his friends in. He, he was a young man. I was actually friends with his dad. He brought a bunch of his dad's friends in to sort of who are entrepreneurs from various fields to talk to these kids and, and talk about how we got where we, we did. And, and so one of the things I said to the kids is boldness is a superpower. And the sooner you learn it, the more wonderful your life will be and the and the closer you will get to your to your dreams and the bigger your dreams will get and they said yeah that's great how <laughs> and i said oh i have to analyze how i did this and so that was the germination of super bold the book and and basically super boldness is you're never the one stopping you you can summon your full boldness. Even if you're not confident, you are going to act when it matters the most. And then you'll be bold in all sorts of other situations. But there will be times in your life, and they may be two, or there may be 20, where you need to step up, or you need to speak up, or you need to, you need to quit that job, or you need to walk into that room and raise $5 million from these guys because it's your last shot to keep your company alive. And you got to walk in there like you've got the best business they've ever heard and talk about it that way. There will be times in your life where you will need to summon it. And the only way that you will summon it is if you've built your boldness muscle along the way. Fred, you know, during my corporate years on and off, not every day, but throughout, I would I would think, you know, I've got this great idea. I've got, I've got this important communication and basically nobody's listening. Nobody cares. I'm not getting the time of day, I, you know, it, and I was wrestling with this and I never thought about this until I just scanned through your book. Why does anyone need to listen to me? It's like, why should they? What, what is it that would make them want to bother to listen to me? I would love to know what you have to say about that. And I'm looking through the book here, and I think our audience would like to know that. Yeah, um, because the, the big reason why you listen to me is because life is too short. It's too short to let somebody else decide what you're capable of. It's too short to think that somebody else is going to make you happy to think that somebody else is going to make you successful, that somebody else is going to make you wealthy. 
somebody else uh, is is going to teach you what you need to know. Instead, you're going to have to go and boldly find it. If you see somebody you really want to meet that's famous, whether they're business famous or you know famous actor or singer or whatever, they're not going to come up to you. You got to come up to them, and you got to boldly have a normal conversation with them. And you got to. And the only way you're going to do that and not be a total freak is because you've practiced, you've built your boldness when it didn't matter as much. And that's kind of what I do in my in the book. Is there's several levels of exercises that build your boldness when it's there's nothing really at risk. You're just doing crazy sort of stuff, and you realize nothing bad ever happens. And that once that and that most of the time people don't care or not even paying attention. And so the reason you want to listen to me is because I pulled myself out of stacking regrets into chasing my dream and stepping up and speaking up. I have played chess with Sir Richard Branson. I have had one-on-one conversations with Robin Williams and Tom Hanks. And I meet people I want to meet when I see them. And I have a great conversation with them. And some of them say, stay in touch with me. Every time I see Sir Richard, he's like, he says, let's, let's go. He wants another rematch. And he beats me every time, by the way. <laughs> I beat him the first time and he's never gotten over it. So he has, to, he has to want me every time. But even that story, that's an example of me being bold when normally people would stop themselves. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, unleashing your boldness with Fred Joyle. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. If you've ever searched online for a payment processor and you feel that the process is completely predatory, frustrating, and non-transparent, I got some news for you. Years back when I first set up my business to accept credit cards, I was so confused. I didn't know where to go. And as I studied and looked into different companies, I kept finding this fee and that fee and this percent and that percent. And it was, again, really confusing. Is that done on purpose? I think so. And now I found the service called PayBlocks. Man, I wish I had PayBlocks when I first started. That's P-A-Y-B-L-O-X. It's the first merchant account marketplace where business owners like you and I make processors compete for the business. They have an innovative platform that uses advanced algorithms and a really big network of providers to match businesses with the most suitable options. You just enter in your basic business information just once and within like 24 hours, you'll get multiple quotes from multiple payment processors. Now, in the past, when I tried to get quotes, I was inundated with phone calls. Well, PayBlocks prevents me from getting harassed by salespeople that perhaps I never wanted to speak with. They flipped the script on this so that I get to see the rates and fees of everybody before I decide who's going to get my contact info. I absolutely love it. And it makes it very easy to switch because all you have to do is log back into your free account and simply re-request. It's just that easy. You don't have to fill out all this information again. Right now, PayBlocks is doing a giveaway to small businesses. They're actually going to give $1,000 to 10 small businesses to help you grow. Enter to win this free giveaway valid only to the first 1,000 people to sign up for PayBlocks using my code T-O-N-Y. So go to payblocks.com L-P slash Tony to get your PayBlocks account registered today. That's P-A-Y-B-L-O-X dot com slash L-P slash Tony. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to the Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Unleashing Your Boldness with Fred Joyle. And you can check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, 
or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at TonyDURSO.com slash podcast. And I mean all seven years of interviews are found on the Master Archives at TonyDURSO.com slash podcast. And now, back to the chat with Fred. Because he came up to me, I, I was at his island with a bunch of business people. I had ruptured my Achilles tendon playing tennis. And he was happened to be on the island. He came over to me, he heard about my getting injured. And he says, oh, this is such a bother that this has happened to you. Uh, do you. Do you happen to play chess? Now, the correct answer is I haven't played chess in 40 years. But I didn't say that. I said yes. Because in your head, you can go, oh, I'm gonna, he's going to beat me in five moves. He plays chess all the time. I'm going to feel stupid. It's going to be ridiculous. Why would I say yes? He's going to say, I thought you said you could play chess. I didn't listen to any of those voices. I said, yeah, I play chess. And so he, we, we grab a chessboard. We start playing. I play such an unorthodox game that I beat him because I'm like trying to remember how to play. So he can't figure out what the hell I'm doing because I can't figure out what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and he was like, what is he doing? And I was saying, all of a sudden, it's like, sorry, Richard, that's checkmate. And he's like, what? And he just sets the board up immediately. But at the same time, we're having regular conversations. And so for the rest of the week, he realizes I'm not somebody trying to interview him or raise money from him or pitch their business idea to him or anything. We're having fun and we're talking about politics and food and and health and stuff like that. And because of that, I created a real relationship rather than a fanboy situation where he was like, I get a selfie with him and people, oh, you know, Richard. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you don't. It's like, (laughs) I know Richard. You know, I, I, you know, we're not buddies. I don't fly around in his jet and stuff. But when I see him, he knows who I am and, and he knows what he wants to do. He wants to beat me at chess. And but that was all because I didn't listen to the voices that said, you're going to embarrass yourself. This you're going to feel stupid. This is going to go wrong. I said, yes. I said, why not? And once you start doing that, you realize so much that your impossibles are your opinions rather than your realities. You make them your realities by turning your opinions into into facts by your action. But bold people say, I'm trying and failing is much more satisfying than not trying. And when you jump over that chasm, which is most people are on the other side playing it safe and running the clock out, by the way, because we get older and we have less energy and we have less mental capacity and we have less time. And so that's part of it. It's like when I say the reason you listen to me is because life is too short. The clock is running. And you don't know how much time is on the clock. You don't know how long the coach is going to let you play. So play full out starting today. Take chances, take risks, be uncomfortable, be brave. And and chase your dreams with vigor and fervor and fantasy be bold <laughs> yeah you know as uh, as we were just saying one of the most important qualities or talents that entrepreneurs can have is to get people to listen to us to believe in us which is kind of where this is going is to believe in us is we're we're so committed if we get so committed or feel so committed we can get somebody's ear long enough so that they can understand our products our services and how that can help them. And as part of that, I think it goes with the uh, the territory. We get into the nose and we get into other things. So with that, I'd like to drill down and discuss Dr. No and crutches. <laughs> Dr. No is that voice that everybody has in their head. And it's it usually came from your parents who were, whose job was to keep you from touching hot flame and walking into traffic and all that. Then no, 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 no. It's like, don't do that. Don't do this. It's like, they're trying to keep you from dying. And it's a, it's a lot of responsibility, but it's a heck of a lot of negative input. And many parents are so nervous about their children feeling embarrassed or hurt or failing or enduring any sort of difficulty that they're trying to protect them from it. So they, they, 
limit the scope of what that child will try. And others don't. Others say, you got to learn. You got you to you stumble. You got to fall. You probably shouldn't climb that tree, but, you know, we'll put a cast on your arm if you break it. And that's a different kind of parent. And it's a rare parent. So Dr. No is, is the one that's, that's like, that, like I was talking about with the, playing chess with, with Richard is Dr. No was the one saying, this is gonna, you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to be humiliated. You're going to fail. Dr. No loves to say this is going to go wrong. So you need to start having a doctor, yes, that talks about what can go right. What if this happened? Why not try this? I, I could fail at it, but I could learn something really interesting. Every, every failure I've ever had was a learning experience, some of it incredibly painful. I, I learned to talk to women and meet interesting women by being really bad at it for a while and, and just like and, and cringing at my failure. But it didn't stop me from stepping up. It said, there's, what do I do differently? How do I get better at this? And so we all have these, these crutches that we use that are, that are excuses for, for not acting. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm not good at, at uh, public speaking. It's like, yeah, nobody is. Till they start speaking. The only way you get a public good at public speaking is public speaking. You can read 50 books on public speaking and you will suck that first time you hit the stage. But you'll understand why you sucked because you read all the books, but you will you will have to do it. So people have all of these things that are their crutches that are designed to protect them from discomfort. Whereas Bold people say, my comfort zone is to refresh myself so I can go back out into my discomfort zone and discover what's interesting because all the great stuff happens there. All, all the great rewards come when you say, I'm stepping up. I'm, I'm, I'm going in to see what happens. I'm entering the arena and hope, hopefully I can find a sword before the gladiators show up. Um, and most of us are, are, are leaning on something like sarcasm or negativity or complaining as a way to make themselves feel better about themselves. Those are horrible crutches that are attempts to make you feel good about your lack of achievement, about your inability to step up and chase your dreams. I'm thinking about this on the discomfort zone and that crutch, how do we deal with it? You mentioned a little bit, but it's like, it takes that effort. And sometimes we don't want to because we think it's not the right time. We have a million reasons that Dr. No is, is a pretty bad doctor, but how do we just break through and, and just say, that's it. I'm just going to go try and just, just wing it, just jump in. You know, that's how I started podcasting. I never broadcasted before. Never. I just jumped in. I made so many mistakes. I don't want to listen to my old shows, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But even even Tim Ferriss says I can't. He can't listen to his early podcasts. You know, he says it's horrifying. But I mean, that's that's where it starts. I mean, when you, I, I always use the example of the violin because it doesn't sound good when you don't know how to play it. When you're learning to play it, but everybody sounds like that when they start playing violin. The first violin at the Boston Symphony Orchestra sounded awful at three years old when she started playing. So you you got to be willing to dip to rise. You got to be willing to suck to get great. Otherwise, the clock runs out. You, you have to numb yourself with television or alcohol or drugs or porn or something to, to not realize that you just let another week go by and another month go by and another year go by and the dream got a little farther away and your stamina and fortitude and, and ambition shrunk a little bit more to the point where now you're saying, well, I guess I'm going to retire and do what? Fred, your book is full of exercises. And I want to just let the audience know there's so much information here. 
it's mind-boggling. And there's a lot of things to go over. And just kind of at random, here's something called barrier beliefs. Could you define that? And let's go over some. Yeah, I mean, and and there's there's uh, limiting beliefs is an, is another term. I call them barriers because they're they're walls that stop you. And it, you know, we talked about it. Like, I'm not good at public speaking. I'm not good at sales. I I don't like meeting new people. So there's an overwhelming amount of research and psychological and sociological data that clearly states that human beings are social animals. If you are deliberately antisocial, you are going against human nature. So if you're saying, I don't need people to be happy, that's a barrier belief. I don't need connections with people. I've got my TV. I've got my Game Boy. I've got, you know, my, my, my Uber Eats. I don't need people. You need people. That's what that's where life, the joy of life comes from is connection with people. This is the Tony D'Arso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues, unleashing your boldness with Fred Joyle. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Unleashing Your Boldness with Fred Joyle. If you like this show so far, please remember our sponsors who made it possible. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. They're used by millions of entrepreneurs of every size, and you'll love them too. Find them at shopify.com Tony. You'll do that, won't you? And Payblocks is the first merchant marketplace that's giving away $1,000 to 10 small businesses just like you. I know you'll love their services. Find them at payblocks.com slash LP slash Tony. Did you write that down? All right. Thanks so much. And now back to the chat with Fred. So if you've got a barrier belief like that, now your barrier belief could be, I'm not funny. I'm not interesting. People don't like me when they meet me, first meet me, it takes them a while to get used to me. This is all crap you've made up to self-define yourself. Here's a huge barrier belief. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. No, you're not. You behave shy sometimes. You're not shy with your family at Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, you're not shy with your best friend. You're shy in certain situations. We have situational boldness and situational underconfidence. Everybody does, and it's different for everybody. But when you define yourself, now the barrier belief becomes your excuse for not trying something. Oh, I'd really like to meet those people, but I'm too shy. Okay, so how's that helpful? And are you shy? Is, is, is there some genetic component of shyness? There isn't. It's all behavioral and it's all choice. When you realize you're, you're consciously making a choice to behave in a shy way because you don't want to experience the discomfort, but everything you get good at requires discomfort. And it's like, I always talk about sports too. It's like most sports that people play hurt in some way right and they're like you know you play basketball you get knocked to the ground you get a ball in the face you get somebody elbowed you and stuff like that we assume that we're going to get hurt you you know you you watch people play rugby it's like football without protective gear and it's like all it does is hurt 
do they stop playing because, oh, I, I, I don't like rugby. It hurts. We shouldn't play or we shouldn't play so rough. It's like, no, they play full out. But we're, and we're willing to get hurt physically because we'll heal. But we don't know how to heal ourselves when we get hurt emotionally. And so that's why we're so afraid of it. And that's, that's a real hard thing to climb through, you know, because we're shy because we feel embarrassment a little bit stronger or we felt more of it or, or whatever, or we had a bold parent. That was my problem is my mom was a very bold person and she was kind of always pushing me into too far into my discomfort zone. One of the things I talk about in my book, because there's a five-step method to building your boldness muscle. And one of the steps is dosage, controlling the intensity of the experience. My mom pushed me too far, too fast into my discomfort zone. So I had to, I had to start over because I couldn't emulate her because, and she didn't understand it. It was like, just do it. Just, you know, go, 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 you know, cause she had to, she grew up in it with a very difficult life. And, you know, my brother was very sick as an infant and she just had to figure out how to get doctors to take care of him, even though, you know, nobody had any ideas. So she was forced to be bold as a mother. And, and it just translated into everything. And then she, she kind of pushed me into it. And, it, and so that's what happens is these, these the, the, if you don't control the dosage, and that's part of why the book is designed the way it is, it's exercises that gradually expand your boldness and build your confidence along the way by doing things that are actually harmless. You know, we, we have a tremendous fear of the harmless. Oh, somebody's going to laugh at me. So what? That's kind of what comedians do <laughs> is have people laugh at them, you know? Uh, and so, and, I, and I, one of the things, I, I, being embarrassed is a choice. It is not a natural reaction. It is, it is a reaction, but you can choose to react a different way. You can laugh along with people. We, we get embarrassed because we have this mistaken notion that we need to be perce perceived as perfect even though nobody's perfect and we don't expect anybody else to be perfect, but we get embarrassed if we're not perfect, which is ridiculous, but it's a trap. We're, it's a, it's a, you know, we're, we're caught in this self-definition of this barrier belief that I never, I don't want to be, it would, that would be embarrassing. No, it wouldn't be embarrassing. You would choose to make it embarrassing. I, one of my favorite stories is this is a, a friend of mine, public speaker, and she gets on stage big audience. Five minutes into her lecture, she breaks one of her high heels off. Now, those, the audience, women in the audience just gasp, like, because that's horrifying to them. Like the, the idea that that would happen on stage. They wouldn't want it to happen anywhere on stage in front of a thousand people. She looks down, kicks her shoes off and says, well, I guess I need to spend more than $30 on shoes from now on whole place falls out like she owns them at this point because she has chosen not to be embarrassed she has chosen to seize that moment to make everybody laugh by just accept this is what happened it's what happened happened how i react to it is my choice and that's so incredibly powerful and when you start to do that and you you realize embarrassment is not necessary and is just an impairment suddenly amazing things can happen great stories great information once again we spoke about unleashing your boldness with fred joyle and you can find him at fredjoyle.com fred barely touched the surface didn't scratch the scratch on the surface there's so much <laughs> in your book thank you so much for sharing with us today it was absolutely amazing I hope everyone gets a lot out of this and checks out your book, Super Bold. It's really got the stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. Been a pleasure. And here's an insider's brief about understanding and effectively connecting with people to sell and lead better. And we're going to help you hone your negotiation abilities. We speak with Paul Bramson. He's CEO of the Paul Bramson Companies, and collectively, they've trained more than 400,000 professionals across the world. Get your pen and paper out. This is going to be short, 
punchy to the point. Lots of information here. Lots to learn. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Tony, thanks for having me. I love punchy. All right. We're going to punch this up. And I'm going to tackle something that we could do a series for years. But we're going to do it in just a couple of minutes. I want to tackle why aren't there healthier and more productive relationships in the business world today? And perhaps let's talk about, now I've been in corporate America for like 32 years, I think. So, and I've got my own take on this, but I'd like to ask you, because you've got all this experience and you've trained so many, what do you say is the biggest work environment challenge as it relates to this, to this issue today? Okay. So let me go back to the initial thing. Why are we having problems connecting with people? The reason why we're having problems is people are not formally coached and trained on how to identify how somebody is built from an underlying need perspective. So when they're able to discern that, they can pivot words and languages and behaviors to better resonate with somebody so they're willing to listen to somebody. So for instance, Tony, has anyone ever talked to you in the minute they start talking, they're using words that turn you off? Does that ever happen to you, Tony? I'm sure. I, both in your I'm, personal I'm and your certain. professional. Of course, it happens every day. And there are probably people in your life you like to be around because they talk to you in a way that resonates versus they talk, other people might talk to you in a way that doesn't resonate. So when you talk about what's the challenge with connecting, people don't know how to discern how somebody's built and then use the words and the phrases to keep somebody motivated and productive. And when you talk about it from a leadership perspective, you've been, you've been in the corporate world for many, many years, just like myself. And you know that leaders sometimes have a hard time connecting with their employees. And the, re the reason why is because when they say, yeah, I understand my employee, do you really understand them? Meaning, do you know how to talk to them individually, not collectively? So the words and phrases that you use actually resonate with them. So they want to open up and they want it. And that leads to a healthy and productive relationship. That's the challenge people have with in, in the professional world with connecting. This is what a challenge people have in life. I can tell you when we go over this, I have people raise their hand and say, Paul, I just want to thank you. For what? Now I know why my significant other acts the way they do. Or now I know why the person who works for me acts the way they do or, or reacts the way they do. When you take a look at it, and this, is, I have to, you, this now goes to your question, what's the biggest challenge in the workplace? This is what I see as the biggest challenge. I do this in sales training. I do this in leadership training. And I do this with keynotes. It's that popular because it's that applicable. I'm speechless. This is, this is such an incredible area. And you have such knowledge on it that I'm just, I'm just listening like I'm in the audience here. And I just want you to keep telling us more. Like, how do we, how do we improve? How do, how do we change it? It's so hard to change ourselves sometimes. So how can we do it? Because you know, as well as I do, even though we know we may have a bad habit or do things wrong or not right, we still can't change it sometimes. So without getting formally coached and trained, if you had to do it on your own, here's what I'm going to suggest. When you talk to somebody, let's talk about from a leader to, to their team perspective. Wouldn't a healthy conversation be, listen, I want to understand from your perspective, when I communicate with you, what resonates with you? What are some things that you need to hear from me or you've heard from me that say, you know what, that resonates? Or on the flip side, by the way, you have to have a healthy relationship or show vulnerability with this. What are some words or phrases or things that I do that turn you off? I want to know. Because the spirit of this conversation is for healthy and productive. And if I don't understand that, that means I'm guessing. So I'm talking about that from a leadership perspective. By the way, with Here's the other thing when you're selling. Let's use it from a selling perspective. Here's the hard thing with selling and with communicating. A lot of times people are not present. That means they're not situationally aware. They just talk. They're not looking for observable actions, facial expressions. Somebody's tone might change. Well, if you're in the audience and you're listening to this, when you're communicating with somebody, let's say it's from a selling perspective or any perspective for that matter, Watch facial expressions, listen for tone. And if you see something that triggers somebody, causes a reaction, you need to stop and pivot and change your words 
so it better resonates. Or you might say to them, is there something that I just did that caused you pause or something that I just said that caused you pause? I'm trying to get them some awareness, Tony, so they understand what is it that I'm saying or doing that's either turning you on or turning you off. Now, if I may, Paul, please, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners in this audience. And yes, we, some of us are C-level executives. Yeah. We have people from all walks of life here. Good. And if we're going to focus on selling, which is something near and dear to all of our hearts, the preponderance of the audience are entrepreneurs, people that have made it on their own. You're not going to stop and say to the prospect, you know, how do you like this? Or how am I coming across? Now, I understand these are like what you're kind of thinking of when you're giving your presentation, your pitch or whatnot. And what I like to do is kind of bring it down into applicable focus, a takeaway. How can we make this better? How do we do it? So I'm going to, I'm going to, if it's okay with you, Tony, I want to piggyback on something you just said, because I really like what you just said. I'm going to encourage your audience when they are in a business development or selling opportunity as entrepreneurs and business professionals, when you start a conversation with somebody, you should say to them, listen, as I go through, as we have this conversation, if there's something that I say that resonates with you, that really inspires you, that you find compelling, please tell me on the flip side, and I say this because I'm asking you to do this intentionally, if there's something that I say that seems to turn you off or is not resonating with you, I want you to interject and tell me, by the way, that's selling in 2023, Tony. This is that vulnerable, that candid type of conversation people need to be having to be better selling professionals, Tony. Now, I can add in on that Please. when I'm selling, even though it's on Zoom and it's, yeah. or it's, I've sold so much millions just on the phone. Yeah. You just get to hear That's right. the person. And when I feel that that person is nodding, like up and down, yes or they're doing this, I know that they're getting it. And if they're totally quiet, I know that they're getting it. But if there's a, a dissonance or like a, something different going on, and I don't feel in sync with that person, then I know I've gone past the point. And, it, and you, you people out here, you people, excuse my language. <laughs> hey, you people out there, it's my Italian. Everyone listening. You know what I'm talking about because when you're selling, you you kind of get that feel. And I'm and what I'm trying to do is hone that down into something that really can not only resonate with us, but we can use better. So after this, we can be better seller. No question. So we're we talking about the by the way, if you're selling on the phone, it's a big no-no. In 2020, get in there virtually. Get we need some sort of face-to-face. Phone is, it's difficult, as you know, Tony. Full disclaimer, I will not sell on the phone. Okay, fair enough. Good, good. But but in the past, that was the only thing we had. And I I in call centers. Absolutely, Tony. (laughs) Yellow pages, baby. (laughs) Listen, I want your audience to be to feel that it's okay to be candid, that it's okay to be transparent. It's okay to be vulnerable in the conversations they have, whether it's selling or any type of conversation. So what I am, I'm asking them to do, what I'm inspiring them hopefully to do is to, if something doesn't feel right, say something. If something does feel right, say something. For instance, if I said to you, do you like what I'm saying? And you said, I do like what you're saying. I would say, if it's okay with you, what exactly do you like? I mean, I want them to be that. I'm Boston direct, Tony, if you can't tell. But use your own style. Be candid, be transparent, and be vulnerable. That sells. You can't tell I'm passionate about this, Tony, in 2023 and beyond, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, it's the way to go. And really, I know we all, we've all heard it. You really just got to be yourself. And yeah. if you have trouble with that, try to find yourself and zone in on that. You know, I, I don't really sell so much these days. I don't think I just sit back. I talk, I'm Italian. I grew up in Chicago, by the way. Favorite city in America. Love Chicago. (laughs) A little bit (laughs) of that, but, and and I kind of get it. The more you're yourself, the more you come across better. 
in in whatever sales you do because you as the person that's selling you are the the face of the company even if it's just one person or the face of the brand you know it, it, it's you that the person buys from exactly it's just right. so real it, it, you could have the best best literally best superlative knee plus ultra product but they'll buy because they like you or they don't like and if, if it's okay for me to add, please, it's okay to pivot in conversations, everyone. It's okay to pivot. You don't have to stay down the lane because you think that's the way to go. You stay down a lane or you pivot to a lane when you see opportunities or you recognize that you need to pivot in conversation. Paul, can I ask you the last minute or two we have perhaps uh, some good negotiation tips? or advice that you can give us? I mean, we've given a lot here and, and, and I encourage everyone to yeah. really, really focus on what yeah, we yeah, said yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've heard these words, but don't let them go over your head. So in negotiation, I want people to be very careful about showing emotion when you negotiate. Money can trigger. I'm just using, it can be terms and conditions. It can be things that actually, but anytime in negotiation, when you're negotiating with somebody and you, you become emotional to where it doesn't allow for a healthy conversation, you're already behind the eight ball in negotiation. And I'm noticing this more and more. People are uncomfortable at negotiating. You can be a strong business person, but not be a good negotiator. By the, by the way, that's an element of a strong business person, by the way, collectively. I want people to start to try to separate the emotion and have a business conversation. By the way, negotiation is not a game. When people say, well, I, I don't play that game well. It's not about playing the game well. You need, to have, to have, you need to know how to have a healthy business conversation and try to separate the emotion so you can have a rational conversation to where you ultimately come across as collaborative, Tony, to where you get what you need or close to what you need and they get to close to, get close to what they need as well. I appreciate that because it is so, so true. And I think if we can negotiate better and realize that we can do better. I've, I've been a lousy negotiator because um, I don't like to go back and forth. I think, I think this is my opinion that can cheapen a product by negotiating and going back and forth. And usually I, I wind up accepting whatever the price is because I value the product unless I know that it's ridiculous. But that's me, and I'm not asking everyone to follow that. That's right. But, you know, I don't like to bicker. That's just, but this is many, many years of selling and experience yeah. taking me to that. If it's the real price, if it's a good price, I already know what it's a good price. If That's it's right. fair, it's fair. And, you know, people's time, people's product, people's ideas, inventions, they're, they're all worth something. So you have to throw that into the mix. Fair. That's right. I appreciate that. And for our listeners out here, you can go to find out more at the Paul Bramsoncompanies.com, which is the Paul Bramson is B-R-A-M-S-O-N companies. That's C-O-M-P-A-N-I-E-S dot com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. The Paul Bramsoncompanies.com. There's so much you you've done. I'm like, I'm in awe. I'd love to have you back another time. Because we haven't even scratched the scratch on the surface. Especially with negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Tony, oh, it was a pleasure. You. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We spoke about unleashing your boldness with Fred Joyle. We talked about so many things. We talked about being super bold and actually why boldness? Why should we be bold? And why should anyone listen to us? And how do we get people to listen to us? And how do we step out of that comfort zone and do something that we really feel we should do so that we don't regret it later? And with that comes what he calls Dr. No and the crutches that people use, the crutches we use that almost are fictitious like being embarrassed. It's sort of like we could choose to be embarrassed or not. It's That's why I say it's almost fictitious. It doesn't really hurt us. So just go out and do it, you know, and get past your comfort zone. And we talked about the 
discomfort zone that stops us. And he brought up barrier beliefs. He told us some great stories. I'd like to know what hit home with you on our talk. Let me know. And please share this with a few friends to help them too, all right? Let's use this and move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds. Do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go enjoy the weekend.